Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, happy Easter. I saw that you went to Skagit Valley for the Tulip Festival. How was that? Um, it was a lot of fun. It's a family tradition for my little family, but we went with my extended family. So that means my brothers and their significant others. And it was a really, really great time. I love flowers. I know folks are used to looking at food pictures, but really I'm a big lover of flowers and take a lot of pictures of them. And uh, it was a really great day. And I have to say the hardest part was finding a good place to eat because that's that's a really big challenge there. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know of any good places to eat in Mount Vernon? Uh, not that I know of. I, I don't right. often venture out to Mount Vernon, but yeah. I'm, I'm sure you got a bunch of pictures for your new fashion and lifestyle blog though, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And as it happens, we did find someplace really good to eat. It was in Conway. And so that's someplace we hadn't tried before. So it was about, I'd say 15 minutes from the Tulip Festival, but we had some really great barbecue. And so I was really excited because usually that's the biggest disappointment of our day is where we eat. And so that's a huge win for us. And you'll see more of that on my stories. I haven't been to the Tulip Festival in years. And when I mean years, I mean, I think I was like probably eight years old when I went. So oh, wow. yeah, you don't really wow. need to go up when you're single because there's nothing, there's nothing to do. <laughs> To see the oh, that's the best festival. time to go. That's the best time to go. It's just you and the flowers and it's peaceful. And, you know, I mean, I think most people know after watching your our stories this last week um, that you can be a little bit of a fashion blogger yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm only in my best light when I'm in front of food. That's all. That's all <laughs> okay. So <laughs> note to self, bring food to the Tulip Festival. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for Easter? Uh, I just hung out with the family. Nothing, nothing special at this time. We just kind of like to just hang out on Sundays and you know, us as you and mm -hmm. I, we, we like to have kind of just a relaxed day and you hang out with your family. I, mm -hmm. I do mine. I go work out and just kind of hang with the family and just kind of catch up and just play with my nieces. And that's pretty much it. Nothing, nothing Aww. very low key. So, so much then, fun. Did they let you participate in the egg hunt? No, <laughs> they did. They did that yesterday, and I would have been too ultra competitive, like yelling mm -hmm. at my nieces to like pick up the ones they miss on miss on the ground. You know, like yelling at Can't my. Can't you see it? It's right there. It's, it's right, right there. in front of you. It's right in front of you. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I want to eat. Hurry up! We can't <laughs> eat until you find all these eggs. Yeah, it's it's not a good light when I'm yelling at my three and six year old nieces. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. I, I miss having kids that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get onto our show. This is episode 32. Welcome everyone to all of our listeners. This is the Seattle Foodie Podcast. We've got some great stuff for you today. Let's go ahead and get into it. Monica, I have a couple of restaurant recaps I want to start with. This was several weeks ago, but I got a chance to visit Watson's Counter in Ballard on 15th Avenue Northwest. Mm -hmm. They're fairly new. I think they opened maybe about three months ago. And mm -hmm. the menu boasts an interesting mix of classic brunch dishes like Eggs Benny, chicken and waffles. And then they have some Korean Asian fusion flair on the other side of the menu too. And I'm talking about Korean poutine and the KBBQ pork plate. Mm -hmm. Some really, really interesting flavors. James and Scott 
The owners of Watson's Counter are awesome. They've they're Seattleites. They've worked through the restaurant industry in Seattle, uh, cooking in food trucks and working at a bunch of coffee shops. And their most popular dish, and I've posted the picture, and now I've seen and I've seen a lot of people post this picture as well. Might be the cereal French toast. Hmm. You get two thick slices of Macrina whole wheat cider bread with the cereal crust, and you can either choose between the fruity pebs or the frosty flecks, which are like hmm. frosty flakes, right? Yeah. Watson's counter is open from eight to four on weekdays, eight to seven on the weekends. Probably you want to get the fruity pebs for the color. If you want to take yeah. that picture. Oh, you know me. I always choose what I want to eat, not what's going to look good. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that yeah. must... oh sorry. That's me. That's you. <laughs> <I> choose... <laughs> that's you. I choose yeah. based on what I want to eat. You choose on what looks good. But you know what sounds really great? Uh, you mentioned the Korean poutine. What's that like? They use a kalbi beef and then they put it on fries with some kimchi. They make their house kimchi in the restaurant. So Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really good. There's some other things I want to try out too. They had a loco moco. Their chicken wings are, are fantastic. They have two versions of chicken wings. They use gochujang and then they do an original crispy. We had the gochujang before, but the original crispy, I might want to go back and try that out too as well. And mm -hmm. so they have some really, really good items. There's, there's, it's not a big menu. Mm -hmm. They, they really focus on the things that that they have on the menu. So that, I really like that. James, who works behind the counter and the coffee counter, he does a fantastic latte art too, as well. So you have, oh. you have that too. Yeah. I don't think I've seen place. any pictures of those, so I better look it up. Yeah, it's a great. You guys all should definitely check it out. Watson's counter. Monica, how about you? Last week was really busy. Um, <laughs> <one>. <laughs> you guys, Nelson we're, and I need to slow down. <laughs> we're laughing. We're, we're laughing because it's an inside joke. Because Monica just it was just telling me, "Is like, why why are we always out so much?" It was like, "We need to spread this out." And I'm just like, <laughs> "Like duly noted." <laughs> I'll put so, that. In, I'll make a mental note. <laughs> right. So last week was really busy. This week is looking really busy. But one of the things that we did that didn't feel like work was absolutely our dinner at Adana. So every Wednesday is ramen night at Adana. And this week we joined Steph Forer and Justin Oba for a bowl. Their ramen has tonkotsu broth and that's the base. And then they add pork belly, green onion, mushrooms, nori, and a marinated egg. And what I loved about this is usually when I eat ramen with pork belly, I take a bite of that pork belly and it's usually bland because all of the flavor has been sucked out of it into the broth. This pork belly was so flavorful. I could have eaten so much of it. And I'm really glad that they were, you know, it wasn't piled on because I would have eaten lots of it because it was so <laughs> delicious. And they grade foie gras on your ramen table side. So we had a chance to catch up with our friends and also chat with Chef Shota and Chef Kaylin. And we are excited about Shota's new adventure coming later this fall. And we'll keep all you listeners updated. Yeah, I'm excited for that to come in the fall as well. But I've never had foie gras on ramen. Me either. Was, yeah. What do you think about that, Monica? The whole experience was delicious. And even though we had other things to eat, I mean, really, the ramen was filling enough. I mean, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't really eat much of anything else. I think I might have <laughs> had one piece of chicken. But really, it was very filling. And yeah, it was just delicious. What was your favorite? Oh, the katsu sandos. The katsu mm -hmm. sandos are, are mm -hmm. phenomenal. And you can get them during the happy hour. And they also brought out the oysters. And then Chef Kalen made a chicken sando as well it was just mm -hmm. 
really really out of this world i've been to adana several times for happy hour and for dinner it's always a great experience just like we, we you mentioned at like the fishmonger the market fishmonger mm -hmm. like you've never eaten mm -hmm. anything bad at the market fishmonger same yeah. same thing applies for adana for me mm -hmm. every time i go there i've never had any dish and i've ordered a lot of dishes from there <laughs> and i've never had anything that's just like well, wow, this is just okay. Everything is just phenomenal. They put a lot of thought into it. And Chef Kayla and Chef Shoda are just phenomenal chefs. Yes, absolutely. Agreed. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. what and let's not underestimate it. You were so excited when Chef Shoda showed up and you were just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I was totally fangirling <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> no. no. He's a great chef. I, I, I'm not going to lie either. I was like fangirling too or fanboying. Yes. Is it for me fanboying, right? I can say fangirling though. That's fine. For me. <laughs> and then not to mention all of our friends messaging us going, who is that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Me too. I'm going to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to admit that. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Chef Shota is very handsome. <laughs> All right. Well, we've embarrassed him enough. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> so, okay. Next Monica, one. recently we got a chance to hang out with our Seattle foodie friends, a couple of them, Tiny Hangry Tiff, Momo Shares, and Annie Eats Food at Dong Tap Noodles for a craving Seattle menu tasting. Most Vietnamese restaurants, when you order pho, they'll serve you serve the bowls of pho in just the, a normal bowl, right? But mm -hmm. at Dong Top, you can order the pho family style and get the super bowl. I just want to tell people because this large bowl can serve anywhere from two people up to six and you get the large bowl to take pictures with. The Super Bowl challenge became famous when Food Insider and Seattle Times featured them a, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And you can you can find them on YouTube and also on Facebook if you should just do a, do a search because the video went viral. There was pictures of several people lined up by, by five at a table and just big giant bowls of pho. Mm -hmm. And if you can finish the Super Bowl in 90 minutes, you get it for free. And what's in the Super Bowl? You have four pounds of noodles, four pounds of meat, and four gallons of broth. And if you mm -hmm. can finish all of that in 90 minutes, I believe you get the meal for free. And you get a picture on the wall of fame. And I think you get like $100, but I don't know if the rule still applies for them. But yeah, I think it's kind of fun. It's it's a fun, it's definitely a fun picture to take. And if you want to just hang out with family and just try that out, I mean, they do, they put it in a bowl for a family style if you're sharing. Do you have to drink the broth too? Because that's the hard part. I feel like you have to. Cause yeah, you have to, like, and that's the hard part. Because yeah. in like an eating contest, it's like you have to drink, you have to, you have to eat it all. And yeah. like. You know, eat the chopsticks as well. If you, I mean, so you know. So. Yeah, you know, we don't do enough competitive eating contests around here, huh? I'm gonna have to think I, about that. I don't know. We there's the best twelve egg challenge. You have the twelve egg omelet. Isn't it thirteen? Or thirteen egg omelet? Sorry, 13. you have the yeah. thirteen. Yes, excuse me. And then I believe Sam's Tavern used to have this burger contest that I did way back ten years ago. And then I think you had like four burgers and then he gave you to, to finish four or five burgers to finish. And then you had a bloody Mary. And then on the bloody Mary was like a slider Another on there burger, too as yeah. well. And I think I got through four and I was just 
I felt sick after that. So, you know, well, I think the deal with competitive eating is people just eat like they normally do. And that's actually not the strategy. There's a particular way to do competitive eating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That bowl was really big. And if you guys missed our stories, uh, Nelson got a really great picture (laughs) of himself. (laughs) Uh, But that's where you get to see the fashion blogger side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then Monica, this is this is kind of a sad recap because one of our friends is leaving Seattle. Tell us about this. Yes. So our friend at Fork Deep, that's Kosa, is leaving us and moving to Texas. And we had fun at her Bon Voyage party in Salt Lake Union once we got into the building. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a whole nother story. There was a lot of great food and it was just a lot of fun. The thing about Kosa is that she brings so much lively spirit. It's kind of like with me, I'm unapologetically me. And I love that about her is that she is the life of the party and just I love being with her whenever she's in a room. Everything is brighter and funner, and I'm going to miss her so much. Uh, Nelson, you've actually known her longer than I have. Oh, just by like a brief, I mean, it's not, not as, not as, not that long, but. Not that long. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the difference is not that that, um, significant, but Kosa Fork deep. She's awesome. I'm really going to miss her. She's so vibrant and I love her energy. Every time we're at events, she's always the life of the party. Like always Mm -hmm. the life. Just awesome. I'm going to miss it. We're going to miss her a lot. And we got to see other foodie friends there like Emerald City Eater and TDT Eats. If you haven't listened to our episode with Kosa, it's one of our early episodes. So taking a step back, it's episode six and you can see how much fun she is. And if you don't follow her, you still should, even though she's moving to Texas because she's still going to be fork deep just over there exploring the, the Texas area. And her stories are hilarious. You know, I remember the first time uh, I met her. This is how she introduces herself to people. She says, hi, I'm Kosa. I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love that about her. She's awesome. But can we go back to about apartments? I mean, these things, guys, if you live in apartments. (laughs) Yeah, let's go back to this. (laughs) It is so hard to navigate in apartments to like. We tried to get to the roof and we, we got to like one roof and then all of a sudden, but we didn't notice that the other roof was like on the other side of the other building and all the doors are the same except for the numbers. We Mm -hmm. knocked on like two doors and these poor like couple, like I think they were about 70, opened the door and was like, nope, that's, that's not our friends. (laughs) We're just, (laughs) we don't know what's going on. Ah, it's just 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 correction. Nelson knocked on the door and scared these four people. (laughs) I just Um, for for all you builders, I mean, just can you can you add a little bit of diversity to to the entrances? I I know it costs a little bit more money, but man, every place looks like the same and on every floor. And I don't know what's going. I I don't know where I'm at. It took so, us literally 30 minutes to find. Yes. Find, so so that was 30 minutes less we could spend with Kosa. But I'll tell you this, Nelson. At first, I thought it was us, the three of us. It was you, me, and Emerald City, or Brian. Mm-hmm. So what I thought was we did what was reasonable. We found the address of the place, big numbers. We walked through the door. 
And then we thought, okay, well, where's, you know, the highest floor will be the rooftop because there's nothing above the rooftop. So we went to the highest floor and that was not the rooftop. No. It was actually one level down and then it was the wrong rooftop. And, and see, it, it just went on from there. Like, I don't know what your exit from the building was, but mine was messed up. And I will tell you, the person who lives there, who is hosting the party, has lived there for two years and still gets lost. So, <laughs> so it's not just us. <laughs> because they were telling me that really when tours, they give tours for friends and family, that's the job of their significant other because they have a map and they still get lost. So yes, builders, figure it out. And that was Monica and Nelson's corner. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was that was the I'm hangry people. We need to get to the roof so we can eat some food yeah. corner. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, moving on. Last recap for me, Monica, we don't often talk about chutneys, but Picoso Products out of Sammamish is a local company producing just that. And we had the chance to sample three different chutneys. They're called Data Fair, which is a little bit sweeter chutney. The Garlic mm -hmm. Tango, which is like Goldilocks favorite because it's just right. And then Spicy Attitude, which is on fire, right? Yeah. I was able to use the sweet Data Fair chutney on ice cream. The owner recommended that we try it on ice cream or something sweet. So I did that. And then I also used the savory chutneys on proteins like chicken, which was mm -hmm. delicious. Currently, you can purchase the Picoso products at Market Time in Fremont. I was just there. Ken's Market in Queen Anne and Cress mm -hmm. IGA in downtown. Or you can order it on PicosoProducts.com. Monica, what do mm -hmm. you think about those chutneys? Uh, I like chutneys a lot and I'm a big fan of dates. Um, it's one way to cut out like processed sugar out of my diet when we're not sort of tasting everything around. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually didn't get the memo about trying the date affair on something sweet. So I actually tried it on something savory. I did it with, uh, with crackers and some nice Beecher's flagship. And I like those flavors a lot. I, mean, I think it had a unique flavor that really paired well with the cheese, even though I guess I was supposed to eat it on something sweet. It still worked. <laughs> yeah, you can, you, can, you can. You didn't have to eat down something sweet. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a, just a, just an option though. So. Totally, and I think um, I only got to try a spicy attitude next on on pork chops uh, because mm -hmm. we're having pork chops one night, and I'm still gonna try garlic tango. Um, I just haven't had a chance to because, as you know, we were out pretty much every day last week and haven't <laughs> yeah. had a chance to eat at home very much. Yeah. So I don't know how you had time to eat at home because I was full <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Literally just tasting. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really grateful um, being able to try it, how to incorporate it into some of my home cooking. You can get the chutneys at picosoproducts.com and they are going to expand to other grocery stores as well. So just be on the lookout for that. I will. Monica, events. Let's get into some events. You want to start it off for us? Yes, I will absolutely start it out. So the first event I have is called Dining Out for Life. And this might be something that people are aware of. So on Thursday, April 25th, over 90 Seattle area restaurants are going to be donating 30 to 50% of their proceeds to lifelong services. And that money helps to feed, house, and provide access to health care for people who are living with chronic illness, including HIV, and to homebound seniors. 
So listeners, you've heard Nelson and I talk about deadline and they're going to be donating 50% of their proceeds on that that's day. That's awesome. That is right? so awesome. Yeah. That's huge, right? And that's just, it. it's such a great cause. I know that taking the bottom line out of your proceeds is a big deal. So thank you so much, deadline. Some other restaurants like Soy, Tutabella, Elysian Brewing, and Bar del Corso will be donating 30% of the proceeds of, of that night. So when you dine at any of the restaurants that day, you also have a chance to win two round tickets anywhere Delta flies in the United States after you complete a survey. So there's something in it for you too. Because hey, you got to eat anyway. So consider dining out for life and then you get entered in this contest. And it is sponsored by BECU. Anytime that they have anything like this where donating their proceeds, Mm -hmm. it motivates me more to just go out and eat and participate Mm -hmm. because they're doing it for a great cause. Absolutely. I mean, like 50% from Deadline and 30% from mm-hmm. Soy and Tutabella. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes me want to spend my money at restaurants. Absolutely. Yeah. So Nelson, what do you have for us? Well, this isn't an event. Monica and I, we're, we're, we're kind of proud because one of us actually made it, right? <laughs> yes. One of us did it. Foodie Instagrammer Grub in Seattle has got a new book coming out and you can now pre-order it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Her book is called Seattle Food Crawls, Touring the Neighborhoods One Bite and Libation at a Time. So the book comes out on May 1st, but pre-orders are available. So go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, purchase the book. In addition to the neighborhood crawls, the book will also have some bonus crawls as well. So hint, hint, maybe some pizza crawls and some other things. But this (laughs) is just really awesome. I mean, I'm I'm excited. We kind of, I kind of looked at Oba's book when we were at Adana and I mm-hmm. love the pictures and the captions and it's, it's really, really fun. I already pre-ordered my book. I can't wait to have her autograph it. <laughs> it. It's a beautiful layout for sure. And although I haven't had a chance to read it, because like you said, we saw the book, um, I've heard that it is very much sounding like her voice, which I think is really important um, as an author. So congratulations, Grub. I know how much work from hearing from people, how much work the mm-hmm. book she's put into the book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you guys got to go out and support it and just purchase a book. And it's just a great guide too, as well. Just mm-hmm. look through it. it. It's got some great restaurant ideas. A lot of restaurants I haven't visited. I'm excited to read through it. And Monica, there's a mobile food rodeo coming on. You want to tell what? us about that one? What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so on Sunday, April 28th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the 10th annual mobile food rodeo is going to be held in Fremont. So this year, there's going to be 30 food trucks on the street and more food than you can handle because they also have other street food vendors out there. So food trucks like Marination Mobile, Off the Res, and Where You At, Matt, are going to be there. And just so you all know, um, some of you know my food truck roots because that's why you started following me in the first place. But I've been to every mobile food rodeo over the last 10 years, and it's really come a long way. And just thinking about the first one uh, in Inner Bay area when there was nothing there. So there's like no Whole Foods or none of that development. Um, the first one was way out there. So a couple of tips, you guys. Mm. I was going to ask you for some tips about this. Yes. So tips are really important because I'm not lying. It's a free event and it's family friendly. So there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people there. You need to come early, come with friends and you need to share food. So it's still possible if you come during peak times, it it still works with a group because every person can stand in line and get one to two dishes and you're set for the rest of the day. So Nelson, you know how much I hate lines, right? Yes. Yes. 
So usually when I go to these big festivals, I do stand in lines. So the caveat with me standing in lines is if it's unavoidable, I'll stand in lines. Uh, it's, it's just when it's these pop-up lines that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> so, so I will actually, I do stand in lines, you guys, because I don't think it's right just to go to the back of a truck and like talk to an owner and, and get back there. So I, I try to stand in line like everybody else, um, but it still works. And really, I love sampling different foods and I know you do too, Nelson. And that's the best way for people to get exposure to lots of food trucks. And as we know, most food trucks really are small family run businesses. And so you're supporting local business. These are micro business owners often because it might just be the family literally. And, and so they're not even small business, they're micro businesses. So you're really supporting our local economy. You guys hear that? Monica, she's just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. She doesn't, she doesn't go to the, diva. she doesn't go to the back of the truck. She doesn't go to the truck and say like, Hey owner, I'm here. Give me some free food. No, I don't. No, I don't go to the back of the truck. Now, sometimes I get called to the back of the truck or called to the side window, but that's not what I do. I stand in line yeah. because again, I'm, I'm grateful for all the experiences I've had in the food community, but I don't believe that I'm entitled to anything, Definitely. but by the graciousness of owners and people that I've known over the years and kindness, um, I don't believe that I'm entitled to any of it. So you would never find me trying to to bully someone into giving me something that I just don't deserve. And I don't deserve any of that. Just send them all to me, guys. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes my family will try to name drop me and I'll get so mad at them. I'm just like, do not do that. You do not name drop me. <laughs> do they call them, Do they call you Moni? <laughs> sometimes they do, yeah. Yeah. They so said, don't you know who I am? Like, Moni B sent me over. It's just like, come on, just stop. <laughs> and I've got a pop-up during the middle of the week. They've been doing pop-ups at East Trading Company for a while. And this is a new one, though, Monica. The pop-up yes. restaurant Garzon will be serving up food at East Trading Company this Thursday, April 25th from 7 p.m. to midnight at the Latinx Philippine Street Food Late Night Eat. This is a new chef that we we haven't talked about. Chef Jose Garzon will be teaming up with Chef Domingo Ramos, and they'll be serving up street food. This is the cool part because the other most of the other pop-ups, they don't have this. Right now, Monica, you can get pre-sale tickets for $10 and you can purchase ahead of time. And for $10, you get two picks from the menu of, of your choice. I think that's really smart. I mean, just that that helps to plan inventory. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a really great idea. Normally, those dish prices are usually about $10 to $13 in price. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're going to get two dishes for the price of one. So mm -hmm. you guys should definitely go... Check out the Garzon Instagram page because they have a link in the bio and I believe it's an Eventbrite link and you can just purchase the tickets ahead of time. And it's Thursday night, 7 p.m. to midnight at East Trading Company. Um, hold on, Nelson. Breaking news for our listeners. I just pulled up the Instagram and as of today, they sold out of pre-sale tickets. Oh, but no. They, hold on, no, but it's okay. They said that you can still come up and just buy just like you normally would. Okay. So Perfect. yeah, sorry about that, you guys. That's just breaking news just got posted today. Yeah, we're going to have to have like a breaking news thing. Oh. <laughs> That's my breaking news thing. It's, it's yeah. the same thing as the uh, as an alien. I guess, oh, that was you. Well. I, I yeah. thought that was like some mixed media you're playing. That was, <laughs> no, that's, that was, that's that was really good, that's, Nelson. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Guys, I, I beatbox on the side too. So. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, Monica. <laughs> We got one last event. Uh, this is a soft launch opening. Tell us about that before we move on to our interview. So what we're talking about today is the soft launch of the New Bricks location of Spice Walla on Capitol Hill. So we know this business, Nelson, from them being on the street, primarily at South Lake Union Saturday Market. And so some of the things we've had there are these delicious coffee rolls. And I've had the chai and I've loved them both. What have you tried? Oh, the mango lassi is fantastic. And I always switch between the chicken tikka roll and the lamb kebab mm. roll. That yeah. those are those are my two that I my go-to's whenever I'm with you at the South Lake Union Market or mm -hmm. I'm just stopped by on my own and just kind of hanging out. Those are the two go-to's that I like. Absolutely. I'm all about the lamb. So whenever, mm. yeah, whenever lamb's on any menu, you're going to like see me head over. Um, so their soft lunch is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's April 26th through the 28th, I think. And so it'd be an opportunity to try some of their food and see their beautiful space. We've been receiving updates on Instagram and it looks like it's coming along really well. So, so excited. Just so you know, Spice Walla is a relatively newer street food vendor. So for them to go to a Bricks location so quickly really probably speaks to the quality of the products that they're putting out. I mean, it's really fast. I mean, I, I don't know that they were on the street for more than one season. No, but it's always so good to see street vendors make it out and then mm -hmm. have their brick and mortar. I think it's just really cool to see the growth of it. Absolutely. That's always yeah. a lot of fun. Well, that's all of our recaps and events. Again, always a filled eventful week coming up. <laughs> so, but let's go ahead and get on to our interview. Today, we have two guests on our show. It is TSP of Yum Seattle and Bradley House, aka the Seattle Foodie Couple. So, <laughs> I loved sitting down with Luna and Brad because we got to talk about so many different topics, but one of the things I wanted to really talk about was, was Luna is because she is a home cook. And if you haven't seen her story, she, she documents a lot of her meal prepping and there's not really a lot of Seattle foodies that do that cook at home and they, they showcase it mm -hmm. and they also do restaurants as well. I mean, yeah. we have friends like Annie eats food and Momo shares does mm -hmm. a lot of her breakfast too, as well. When they, when she does flat lays, mm -hmm. Luna does fantastic work and she's all of her recipes. I mean, it's step-by-step step that she's doing and it, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of fun to see what they're doing. And I really ha appreciate meal prepping because it's just it's always different. There's so much diversity in meal prepping. A lot mm -hmm. of people can just get in a rut and just do the same thing, but she's always changing it up. And Brad's a very lucky man. And here's the interview. Hey everyone. We are here at Buddha Brother right now and I am with the Seattle foodie couple, Luna and Brad, AKA TSP Yum of Seattle and Bradley House. Hey guys. What's up guys? Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we just had lunch and dessert. And drinks. Luna and I, we, we got coconuts. We got yes, coconut. We got coconut beverages. <laughs> Very tasty. So, so we're about to go into food coma. So we're going to start this interview and, and we'll see how it goes. So Luna, I want to start off with you. How did you start off with TSPO in Seattle? Why did you create the, your account? Oh my gosh. Well, I started my uh, Instagram account back in 2013. And I really wanted it to be a lifestyle food blog where I wanted to do, it was actually fashion and food. Okay. But it definitely has evolved to where it's just food only. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
And then from there, I just wanted to start doing some home cooking, and I kind of wanted to use that outlet as sort of a way to try out new restaurants in the Seattle area as well. What do you guys think about the Seattle food scene now? It's definitely very, I don't know, very cultural. Okay. I, I love visiting the south end of Seattle. There's yeah. so much, so many options. You know, I tend to love Asian cuisine. So I can get all my hot pots and my fuzz and my, you know, yummy rice dishes at all the restaurants around here. So, I mean, it's very eclectic and Asian forward, yeah. <laughs> which I tend to go grab and wait. And Brad, what about you? What do you think? I dig it. Um, I mean, I enjoy the variety of, you know, different cuisines and, and whatnot. And, um, I mean, we have the pizzas and burgers that I enjoy, but then we also have all the soups and Asian foods that she loves and I like as well. So pretty much within a five-mile radius, we can pretty much have whatever we want. So it's pretty cool to us. What kind of foods do you gravitate to? I mean, I love pizza. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I could I could have that anytime, but obviously that's not good for me all the time. So we eat at home a lot more than people might think, but we have a lot of Asian food for the majority. I'd probably say seventy percent of what we eat is usually Asian food. For the because most of me. Because of you. You're cooking. Well, I crave. <laughs> It's okay. I crave Asian food too, as well. So I'm always like noodles, or I don't know why. I was like, oh, let's go visit, let's go try out a new neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why am I in Chinatown again? Right. <laughs> I'm in the International District. I it's thought for food. I don't know what it is. Yeah. How about favorite? Okay, you're talking about pizza. Favorite yeah. pizza spot. So give me some pizza spots for our listeners. I mean, I'd probably say the Pesto Pizza Hot Mamas is like my all-time like go. Okay. If if I live closer to that, I would probably be like 100 pounds heavier than what I am right now. Dizzle Pie came here from Portland, so that's always a good go-to. Big Mario's is good. Big Mario's, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say Hot Mamas is my favorite. Hot Mamas? Yeah. yeah. So Luna, yes. when we look at your stories, you do a lot of meal prepping, right? Yes. Have you always done meal prepping when, like earlier on, or how did you get that, how did you get that started? I've always done meal prep even before I met my husband right here. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, I do love to indulge, but I also want to try and keep a healthy lifestyle as well. And so I tend to do a little bit more low carb in the week and everything. And so I just started meal prepping. I feel like it's meal, hashtag meal prep has become such a huge thing in the last couple of years. Okay. I feel like people get inspired by looking at them and to kind of encourage people to cook at home more. And yeah. To, um, that it is easy to make an easy you know, healthy milk prep. Is it usually done on for you like on Sundays? Most people do their meal prepping on Sundays. So do I do work? mine on Mondays just okay. because Tuesdays is my Mondays. Is your Mondays? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so at home, yeah, it's I usually do what you know what both of us like, which is I always sorry to the vegetarians out there. I, I like meat with almost every single meal. I yeah, eat. always doing a protein. Yeah, yeah. protein. Uh-huh. And so I mean, what's easy? I always just do like chicken and some kind of veggies to go along with it, and I like to change up the flavors. Sometimes 
type of pesto, lemon flavor, you know, Italian or you know whatever. Are you always trying out a new recipe or every um, time? Or? Not every time. Sometimes we'll have go tos because he'll be like, I really like that that meal prep we did last week. I'm like, okay, let's do it again. That was okay. easy, you know. But there'll be other times I'll get tired of that same flavor. So I'm like, let's do an Asian stir fry this time. And so I like to kind of sneak in veggies <laughs> just to be healthy, you yeah. know. It just makes us feel better during the week, and then that way we can really indulge on the weekends. How much input do you have, Brad, into the meal prepping? Do you, do you do do you do do a lot of participation with her, with uh, Luna? Or? She always runs it by me. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I'm kind of the type of eater where. Honestly, for lunch, I don't really eat to enjoy. I eat, I just pretty much scarf down food and get back to work. Sometimes okay. I don't even really have a lunch break. I just maybe have five minutes to scarf something down and get back to it. I don't sit there and just enjoy it as much as she might. So for me, I'm pretty simple. It's usually stuff that she is okay with having four times during the week. I'm pretty much good with everything. Everything okay. that she makes is, is good as long as it doesn't have like pickles in it. Like, Pretty legit. So no pickles. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Good to know when I meal prep for you. No pickles. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Luna, how, where do you find your recipes? Tell our listeners where do you find them. I get inspo from everything. Okay. Other people's Instagrams. Even my coworkers too. Like I'll see. I'm like, like, oh, what are you? What are you having over there? I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to try that. So I'll, I usually get inspiration from that. Usually it's just through social media. Just what I see. People making it. If it's something that looks really good that has ton of carbon. And I'll just cut out the carbon, you know, replace it with more vegetables, you know, broccoli or cauliflower or something like that. But that's usually how I get my information for meal prepping. What grocery stores or places do you guys go to get your meal prep? Costco. Costco? Okay, okay. Yeah? <laughs> I, I usually go there almost, I usually say once a week, every Monday I'm usually there. Okay. Yeah, there, Trader Joe's. Those are probably like my two, my two spots. You can get everything. And it's not as busy on Mondays. Yeah. Oh, Wajimaya too. Wajimaya, yeah. But that's more because she wants to get hot pop. <laughs> so she wants to go to Boiling, Boiling Point. Point, and then it's like, oh. <laughs> Or, or, gets... or, it's, or it's, oh, let's go to Wajimaya. Oh, but Boiling Point's right next door. Let's go get, let's go get some soup. Okay. I do see a lot of stories around you from Boiling Point. Oh, yeah. Is Boiling Point one of your favorite spots? Oh, man, I, I, I could eat there probably twice a week. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Anything spicy, hot, noodles, soup, all that combined together, yep. I can eat that almost, I can eat that every day, actually. Okay. Yeah, to be honest. Let's table that for a second because okay. I have one more question about meal prepping. Okay. For all the listeners who want to start meal prepping, what is some advice you can give to them? To, some tips that you learned along the way? Uh, keep it simple. Yeah? Just keep it simple because if, if, it, if it make it too complicating, it's going to become a short. A lot of the times I do almost kind of like one sheet meals kind of thing. I'll just do like a, one broccoli and one chicken. Cook it at the same time. That way you don't have like five things going on at the same time, you know? Keep it simple is probably the best. And keep it tasty because if it's not something that you would want to eat on a daily basis, you would grow tired of it and just toss it and go get fast food. So that's my one. I used to do meal preps all the time too. Uh -huh. Mine was like really simple. I would like defrost 10 chicken breasts and I would just do 10 chicken breasts with like salt or, or like Costco would have like the no salt seasoning right. and then I would steam like a 
the whole bag of broccoli and then that would be all it is, right? <laughs> That's the thing is that for some people, they eat to live. Yeah. I'm like, like live to eat. Live to eat? Yeah. You know? So it has to taste good yeah. to me. And I, I, used to, I used to work in a gym, so he would just come with like the steamed vegetables and broccoli or like, or the boiled fish, whatever it was, right? Like, a bottle of hot sauce, all that chicken and broccoli, chuck some hot sauce I know, sauce but, yeah. but all the, all the, all the weightlifters, like, they don't care. And, uh, it truly is. Like, there's no, now that I'm a foodie, it's, it's I need seasoning or I, I, I need taste <laughs> the to it. Room of the gym just yeah. like one big fart. <laughs> <laughs> all the broccoli and all the sweat. It is. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Man, why are you opening this can of tuna right now? It's yeah. like, in the lunchroom. This is not it's cool. Like, it's like eating chalk, man. I know. Really. <laughs> so, tuna next to the cooked broccoli. Yeah. That's why I like, I, I love watching your meal preps when you're in your stories yeah. and you're like, but there's always something different. You know, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. So going back to Seattle food, you talked about hot pot. Yes. And you said Asian food. Brad, you said you like pizza. I sound like I'm eight years old. <laughs> you like pizza? No, I love. You guys know me. I love sandwiches. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a huge sandwich. Yeah, I guy. love sandwiches. Sandwiches are the best. Pizzas are awesome. You have people visiting from out of town. What are some like hot spots you usually you like to take your friends to? I mean, I don't say hot spots really, but. I mean, I like I like the classics, you know. Classics. So uh, obviously, Dick's cheeseburgers. You kind of have to introduce them to that. Or um, Rainier Barbecue. Yeah. Okay. Rainier barbecue is a good one, um, especially you know Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Right. What do you order from there? Oh gosh, when we're when we have a good group of friends with us, we like doing the the, the fried catfish. Yeah, the fried that's catfish. That's really good okay. too. Um, they have a rice dish that's very classic there called kombinier. Uh huh. Um, and that just has the short ribs, the shrimp, and the Rice, the and the beef salad. The you get beef the beef salad. salad. Yeah. Yes. So, so popular. That's so good. No snake, though, right? You don't no. order the snake? You don't order the snake? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's another place? Oh, Pagliacci's. I mean, I like, I like pizza, too. Yeah. <laughs> Pagliacci's is classic. Okay. I have fond memories of Pagliacci. My dad, we used to go to, like, Husky games when I was, like, eight or nine, or younger than that. After or before the game, we would go to Pagliacci's. It's, it closed down in the U District, but we used to go to that one all the time before games. And love the, I love, like, their Pesto Primo pizza slices. Yeah. Yeah, I was the kid that I don't care for the pepperoni or the sausage. I want like the nicer, the fufu adult style pizzas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was just so weird as a kid like that. I, just, I don't know what happened. So. Oh, I mean, yeah, was all about seafood too. So I mean, I go pretty simple seafood around here, and I love Ivers. Ivers? Okay, so just simple like fish and chips. Love it. Cup of chowder. Okay. So good. What about you, Brad? Um, Ostadero is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yes. So good. Um, the one in Ballard or the one in Kent? Never been to the Kent one, okay. uh, just Ballard. Yeah. I think that that's a good go-to. But Isla and Ballard is really good as well. If you want to go for something special, we went to Bateau the day after our Ooh, Bateau, yeah. I saw your stories. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. Talk about decadent, buttery. Like, you just want to take a nap right after. <laughs> I mean, it's so good. Okay, that's been on my list for a long time. Yeah, I had the burger. It was, yeah. it was good. I, I've, I've always wanted to try that burger. Yeah. yeah. All right, now, Brad, we're going to transition.
musician here. Okay. You used to live in Portland for a little bit, and I wanted to talk to you specifically about Portland food. Besides having to wait in lines all the time because they don't take res a lot of places I noticed they don't take reservations right when I'm down there. My main question was, what's the difference between? Did you notice between Seattle food and Portland food, like their scene? The scene. I would probably say the biggest is Seattle is a lot more seafood heavy. Okay. More than Portland. I mean, Portland obviously has seafood, but not to the extent of Seattle. So I'd probably say that that's the biggest thing. Okay. Um, but the, the thing that I find funny is going into a Seattle restaurant and a Portland restaurant. Honestly, like as far as like the ambiance, it's pretty much the exact same it's thing. It's the same thing? Yeah, so I, it's, it's kind of confusing. We were in Portland yesterday, and the restaurants that we were in, it's like, okay, I hardly know I'm in Portland. But, okay. You know, oh, interesting. Besides Seattle, so. But I mean, they're very, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Tell me some of your local favorites that you used to eat there. I, I haven't lived there full time for quite a while. It's been probably about six years. I was there for a year and then before that I lived there six years before that. So probably I would say I like Bollywood Theater. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Lardo, River Pig. One of our buddies has a good place in Beaverton called Mingo. It's authentic Italian food. It's okay. delicious. But I, I like pretty like smaller, low-key, hole-in-the-wall type, type spot. Yeah. Acropolis is a good place. Um, <laughs> okay. If you're hungover and want a good steak. For the steak fights? Yeah, steak. Not the lap dances, but the steak fights? Yes. You know, steak and legs. Steak and legs, you know? Um, I have been to Acropolis. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's a good go-to. So, um, you know, it has, it has, it has yeah. good yeah. spots. In December, we went to a place called Clark Lewis. Okay. Um, that was really good. We had a nice meal there. Olympic Provisions has been a place that we've gone to a few yeah. times. So yeah, they have a lot of a lot of good spots. Yeah. I've never lived in Portland, but I have to say my most favorite restaurant there is Nong's. Nong's yeah, Nong's Common Guy. guy. Yeah. So simple. So good. Monica and I did a trip recently there. We ate at brunch and then we found out, I was like, oh, we still have some time to kill before we have our meeting. It's just like, let's go to Nong's Common Guy. And then, oh, man. And you have to get so there good. early if you want to get the fried chicken Fried skin. chicken skins. I was just about to say the fried chicken skins. <laughs> so good. Just make extra, uh, that crunchy texture. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Good list. Good list. I love that list. There's so many places in Portland. My One of my friends who used to live in Portland, he said, I think one of the things he, he noticed is that there's not as much red tape, so there's more like mom and pop shops that, that, yeah. that pop up. I think in Seattle there's a lot more regulations that they that you have to you have to pass through, so there's not as many like hole in the wall type restaurants that Portland has. Right, but like yeah. Seattle, when I go back to Portland, there's a lot of places that I used to go to that aren't there anymore, and it's now something else. Just like Seattle, it's like places close down and then pop something else pops up. You're always trying to catch up. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of that. Every time I go back, yeah. there's places that I was like, oh, oh, that's not open anymore. Well, we're almost ending the near of our interview. We've kind of covered it through the whole entire interview, but are there any other restaurants you recommend to get for our listeners or? Is there anything that you've been cooking right now that you've been really liking lately or anything like that? I mean, I'm all about Korean barbecue. Okay. 
Love yeah, it. that's probably a thing that I cook a lot of at home. It's just so easy and a lot of you know, protein and, you know, really? vegetables. Okay. It looks really pork belly, short rib, lettuce wrap style, you know, kimchi now, jigging. Do you also get that at, like, in Costco, or, yeah. or do you have to go, or, or do you have to go specifically? Okay. Costco and have H Mart. Okay, H Mart. H Mart <laughs> yes, is H-Mart. another one. Okay, Which good. I wish, okay, you know, anybody out there who works for H Mart, please open one in South <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> All right, Brad, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, Favorite thing Luna's cooked for you recently? Oh, recently. Well, actually, last week she made the, uh, yeah, the, the lob. That was really good. Okay, so watch. What is lot? Oh, we watched Queer Eye, and okay. <laughs> uh, and he made it. Dude, um, Anthony, he made it uh, for the guy on the show, and then she was like, "Oh my gosh, like that looks delicious!" And I was like, "Yeah, it does." And so she ended up making it the next day, and it was awesome. Yeah. For those that don't know, what is larb? So larb, it, I guess it's a Thai and a Lao dish. Uh-huh. I think traditionally it's made by chopped meat. Okay. I mean, whatever protein you want. But, you know, to make it easier, I just did ground chicken and ground pork. And it's just basically, you make a fish sauce blend, kind of like nukmam with uh-huh. chilies and sugar and fish sauce. And then you cook it up, you mix it together, and then you, you serve it over a lettuce wrap. And it's super savory and healthy and, yeah, it's super delicious. Awesome. But her go-to that I love is her carbonara. Okay. That's a, that's Man, a you go from like that's... Italian to Asian I to like, like all over. Like, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we will be eating real legit carbonara when we go on our honeymoon next month. Nice. Yes. Yes. Love it. <laughs> all right. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Thank guys. You. One last yes. question. Where can we find you on social media again for both of you guys? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at TSP of Young Seattle. Uh, Instagram Bradley House. Thanks, guys. That was so much fun. And that was our interview with Luna and Brad, a.k.a. TSB of Yum Seattle and Bradley House. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. Monica, they're about to head out for their honeymoon as they're doing a cruise around Europe. Oh, my God. Have you been to Europe before? No, I haven't. Isn't that weird? I know. Maybe I should go with them. (laughs) (laughs) You think they got room for one more, another plus one? (laughs) <laughs> maybe or we just do it you know we're in our second season of our podcast is it normally <laughs> normally in shows don't they go to like hawaii or like do the do the right. european trips so yeah. maybe you and i just fly out and just um hang out for a month down in europe i don't know totally hashtag not a couple no that sounds really exciting i'm gonna miss them how long they're gonna be gone i can't remember i believe it's like about two weeks that they're gone but don't put me on that though but they're gonna have a wonderful trip it's gonna be awesome uh we're so happy for them and that's pretty much the end of our show monica any closing remarks for you no closing remarks for me um except we need to schedule less stuff during the week (laughs) (laughs) you know what i was just about to say i was just gonna remind you make sure you get eight to ten hours of sleep because it's gonna be very very it's gonna be very busy between work and everything that we've got, it's going to be real, real crazy. It's totally. going to be a long recap for the next show. But I, I had a foodie, I had a, an influencer tell me over the weekend that said, when you guys do back to back events, I get tired just watching you and I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, doing stories for like two to four events a day is is a bit much. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I was I think I was up till three in the morning doing our stories. So yeah. it's just it was just crazy. Just crazy. But anyway, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening as always and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.